The last Sunday, we, uh, it was Easter Sunday, and we talked about Jesus's, uh, it's, well, the title was, It Is Finished, But It Ain't Over. And we talked about the resurrection of Jesus because it was Easter, and that's what you do on Easter, but not just the resurrection of Jesus, but our, our participation in the resurrection, our lives, how is it involved? We read in the Bible, particularly in Ephesians, how God, that same power that he used to raise Jesus from the dead, was the same power he uses in us to work in our lives. And that's pretty incredible when you think the power, thank you, bro, of the resurrection God uses to resurrect your old life into a new life. And that's a lot of power. To be honest with you, it's more power than any of us need, but it's great to have it all there. And so we say, okay, I want to live this new life. How do I live this new life? And that kind of brings us to this Sunday. It's what's next? What's next for us? And that's really what we're going to be talking about. What's next? Now, as individuals, I don't know. This year, we began by asking each individual of this church to pick one thing for them to really go after and focus on this year. And of course, a lot of people have a lot of different things. So that one, I can't really answer what's next because I don't know what you've decided to focus on. Now, we also decided, though, as a church, we're going to focus on helping other people come to faith in Jesus. That's a code word for evangelism, but we don't like the word evangelism, so we don't use it. But helping other people come to faith and really focusing on that as a church. So that's what we're going to be talking about. And even this morning, I want to share with you some really cool Really exciting stuff. What's next for the church here? Because the greatest lesson, though, before we even talk about that, before we even figure out what next is, kind of the mindset of what's next, because the lesson of the cross, the lesson of the last words of Jesus, we just came off of that series, the lesson of Easter, all summed up, I mean, you could say, yes, it's a lesson of Jesus loves me, and all of that's true. But the really lesson that Jesus teaches us is, Jesus taught us it's not, it wasn't about his needs. It wasn't about his wants. It wasn't about his desires. And it's a lesson for us about our life. It shouldn't be about us, our needs, our wants, our desires. But that's not natural for us, is it? Phyllis and I just spent uh, from Thursday, Friday, and Saturday with our three grandchildren, ages five, three, and let's just say two. He'll be two in just a little bit. That's not them. But we learned some great lessons about the attitude of, it's about me, <laughs> from our grandkids. And we've actually learned some valuable lessons about property, ownership, yes, and, and things such as that. We, we've learned some laws, property laws, for toddlers and preschoolers. Number one is, if it's in my hand, it's mine. Now, this one's, we know this one, you know, possessions, nine-tenths of the law, blah, blah, blah. That one's not a hard one, but there are others. If I like it, it's mine. If I saw it first, it's mine. If you are playing with something and put it down, it automatically becomes mine. If I had it a little while ago, it's still mine. If I can take it away from you, then it's mine. If it looks just like mine, 
It must be mine. If it is mine, it must never appear to be yours in any way. If I'm doing something, if I'm building something, all of the pieces, whether I am using them or not, are mine. And lastly, if it's broken, it's yours. So, you think, you think about it, we often live in a selfish world. We live in a selfish society where so many people, we're just interested in ourselves and it's not just toddlers and preschoolers. It's something that's natural to us. And so when we think about it's not about me, that's a hard concept for us to grab onto and to really apply to our faith. But we saw it time and time and time again with Jesus. We Going over this with, with Jesus in our past lessons of the past several weeks, John 6, 38, Jesus says, I came down from heaven not to do my will, but from the will of him who sent me. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus said, For even the Son of Man, talking about himself, didn't come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Luke chapter 15, verse 10, he said, Look, I came to seek and save what was lost. He didn't come to serve himself. Everything he did dovetailed into his mission and his purpose. Doing God's will. And then he passed that purpose on to us. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus told his disciples, he said, Go make disciples of all nations. In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, he worded it this way. He said, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. And that's just what these early disciples did. In the book of Acts, chapter 5, uh, it says that the apostles left the Sanhedrin... And this is something that Peter alluded to and talked about this morning. They were rejoicing because they were counted worthy to suffer disgrace for the name. Then it goes on to say that day by day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus was the Christ. And when great persecution broke out in Acts chapter 8, it said in verse 4 that those who had been scattered, they had to run away, they had to get out of town those who got scattered, they went everywhere preaching the word. Everywhere they went. So this was Jesus' focus for his life. He told his disciples to go do this. We see that they did that. And fulfilling this mission, though, you can't do it with a selfish attitude. It's something that it doesn't really work. If my life is all about me and mine and what I want, it doesn't really work. To fulfill this mission. And, and, and it's so easy for us to think, no, 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 wait a minute. What about me? What about my life? What about what I need? What about what's going on with me? What about my plans? What about my agenda? Instead of thinking about, it's all about God and all about his will. Now, in the issue or in the, 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 the um, case of wanting to grow, wanting to to, to spread the word, wanting to help bring other people in to, to, to faith. We've had the best start in 2016 that we've had since we've been here in bringing people to the Lord. And I'm, I'm fired up. I'm encouraged by that. And even the, the spiritual discovery class going with more people saying, okay, what do I need to do? What are those next steps? And certainly it starts right here at home. The going to all the world begins with 
Champaign, Urbana, and the surrounding towns. It begins at home. But Jesus said, all creation, all nations, go everywhere. They went everywhere preaching the word. And that's really what I want to focus on today. Because there is a certain thrill and excitement, attraction about being part of something bigger than yourself. Part of something greater than yourself. Life is more than work, raise your family, retire, die. <laughs> to leave a legacy, to have an impact that goes beyond those things. And this church has a history of leaving a legacy. Having an impact that doesn't just impact what happens right here, but literally has an impact around the world. Now, there's this thing called the butterfly effect. Maybe you've heard of this thing. Now, it's not the movie. And some people talk, it got its name because in the theory of the butterfly effect, which is basically the theory of one event affects another event, which affects another event. And, another, and they talk about a butterfly flapping his wings and the other side, and they, over on this side of the world, it creates a hurricane. That's a scary thought that a monarch in Australia could make Hurricane Rita. That's not where the name comes from. It comes from, actually, this is a, in physics, it's a, it's a design of, of the thing that goes, and basically it looks like a butterfly. But basically it is, is that one thing affects another, that affects another, that affects another. And if you take any of these aspects out, the whole thing falls apart. Or it actually goes off in another direction. It doesn't fall apart. But this butterfly effect has really been seen here in the Champagne Church. Some of you know of a fellow named Thierry Fender. Now, Thierry came to Champagne from Europe as, a, as an intern, a student intern, foreign student internship with a, with a company. I think it's now County Market. It was an IGA back then. But he was working. He was only going to be here a short amount of time. Somebody reached out to him, invited him to come play soccer. Being a European, he went, what do these Americans know about soccer? And did you like that? Is that close, Cody? That was butchering it, I know. But he said, I'm going to teach them a thing or two. But he came and he played. And I don't know who won or who lost or whatever, but people keep reaching out. He came to church. He started studying the Bible. And then he moved to Chicago to continue the internship at another place up there, and he continued to study the Bible. Thierry was baptized into Christ. Thierry went with the church planting to Paris to plant the church in Paris, France. Then he went with the church planting to Geneva, Switzerland. He's been leading the church in Geneva for the past 15 plus years. And that church continues. Even the people in Paris, even the people in Geneva, they convert people who reach out to other people who convert people. All started because somebody reached out and said, would you like to come play soccer? Antonio Boyd. U of I student was met on the quad. He was just walking across the quad. Somebody reached out to him. He studied the Bible, was baptized. He later became an intern here at the Champagne Church, working with singles and such. Led a house church in Rantoul, of which several members of this church were converted out of that house church. And those people then in turn studied the Bible with more people here who became Christians. So Antonio is responsible for you, in a way. He worked in the ministry for seven years in Champaign, in Chicago, in Washington, D.C., as well as uh, uh, Columbia, South Carolina. And then he moved over and worked for Hope Worldwide, kind of our real, literally worldwide uh, benevolent effort of the, of the International Churches of Christ. 
have locations literally on every continent in the planet for 20 years working with them, affecting hundreds and hundreds of lives, helping both physically and spiritually, bringing people to the Lord, all because somebody reached out to Antonio on the quad. said, would you like to come to church? That's what's exciting about the thing is that, can I really have a great effect? You don't know. That's so cool about the butterfly effect, that one thing, that seemingly insignificant thing can affect thousands literally even on the other side of the world. Now, this church has a, a history of that type of thing. It also has a history in missions and giving to missions, but quite honestly, it hasn't always been the case. Uh, when Phyllis and I first came to Champaign and we were interviewing uh, to, to be here you know, and, and to serve with the church, we learned that the church had not been giving specifically to missions for many, many years. It had stopped. And the people that were interviewing us said, one thing we want, whoever comes here, we want you to get us back giving to missions and get us back involved in foreign missions, which is something we were very excited to do. So we said, okay, let's do it. And so we, we called to do that, and we had this annual special contribution, a special contribution we take here once a year. It's a big thing to give to missions. The first year, 2008, we gave $38,000. 2009... It went up not quite, a little bit over $100, 38000 again. 2010, huge jump. Well, okay, pretty huge. 47000 Okay, 2011, it dropped back down to thirty-seven. But 2012, boom, 59000 2013, down to fifty-five. 2014 up to 56. And then last year, boom, up again to 65. Okay? Do what? <laughs> we'll talk about that maybe. And you're joining me. And this is encouraging and, and this is inspiring, but it's a bit inconsistent. It's like, you know, if you look at the chart, it's kind of like that. And so we're going to be taking up our contribution this year, as Dave mentioned. Our goal is 10 times what you give weekly. What I normally give every week, just multiply it by 10. That's our goal. Now, some people will be able to do more, and that's great because some people won't be able to do that much, and it balances out. We've never hit that goal before. Okay, we've never hit 10 times that goal before. But I've said if we do... I will jump in Lake of the Woods on, April, on January 1st. And Dave said he'd join me. And Reuben said he'd join me. And Ron said he will not join me. But we said, hey, if we hit that goal. But you know, we, 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 we've not ever hit that before. And like I said, it's been kind of inconsistent. Now here's something that's happened. And the board asked me to communicate this to you. This is more than just communicating numbers. This is a spiritual issue. This is a spiritual thing, and it's very, very exciting. Now, it has been consistent up and down, but what has happened is we built up this reserve in our missions contribution, which means what you give to missions, if, the, if, if you build a reserve, it doesn't go into the building, it doesn't go into anything here. That's missions. So if it doesn't get spent for missions, it just sits there. Now, how did we build up this reserve, well, because of the inconsistency in giving, the board has been very hesitant to commit to a whole lot because it may not come in. 
Okay, because the giving was kind of like this. So they made a decision, you know, not to give. And so when that happened, a, 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 a reserve got built up. So I called the board. I called Jim. I said, bro, I need to meet with the board. When? As soon as possible. <laughs> so we met like three or four weeks ago. Before that, had gotten together with the ministry staff and with the elders and said, what are we going to do? We got to come up with a plan. They said, we don't need money just sitting around. This is not money we need to sit around. This be spent for missions. Now, first of all, the board said, we're taking up more. Amen. We need to work in faith. 2016, what we committed to give to the European missions, up it by $5,000. So we don't have this problem again. What we committed to give to middle, middle, <laughs> Midwest missions, supporting the churches around here, we upped it by 1000 Okay, Because we said, okay, we can't just keep keeping the numbers down here. Let's up it. So I was very encouraged that the board said, okay, let's do that. But we still have this reserve. What are we going to do with it? That's where we get into some awesome plans that I want to share with you that's going to involve several of us here. When we ask, what's next? What's next? Continuing on the theme of affecting the world. That's why we sang that song, all around the world, baby. And we tried, we sang it, and we didn't sound like a bunch of Midwesterners trying to sing like Caribbean people, and that was awesome. But we sing that song, Praise is Heard, around the world. Continue on the theme of this is bigger than us. And continue on the theme of sacrifice. One thing we're going to focus on is expanding our work in the Odessa, Ukraine. Now, let me explain to us the Odessa. That didn't sound right. In Odessa, Ukraine. Explain our relationship with them. And the EMS, that stands for European Mission Society. It's just a, a group of churches that have gotten together, committed to a supporting and evangelizing missions in Europe. And yes, Ukraine is Europe. Okay? Now, there's, there's, a, there's a, a, a board of directors that kind of oversees all of that. There are churches all in New England that give, and seven churches in the Midwest that give to this, including us. Uh, I serve on that board. On that board, I serve in a specific committee that's focused on Eastern Europe. There's another group that focuses in on the Western Europe uh, countries. We focus on Eastern Europe. And we have been asked, fellas, specifically to help work with Odessa. Primarily because we have a great relationship with the couple that leads that church. They can speak English. We can speak English. Uh, there are some other churches that they don't speak English and none of us speak Russian. So, you know, they have to help themselves. We, we, we have discipling time with them every week, uh, you know, for hour, hour and a half with Sasha and Maya. They, in turn, reach out to those other churches, okay, just to let you know. Uh, Kevin, one of our elders, has already had a meeting with their newly formed shepherding team. They put together a team of three couples plus Sasha and Maya to help oversee and shepherd this church of nearly 300 people in Odessa. But it's a new group. They don't know what they're doing. They need help. Kevin has already met with them. We've also got, on April 16th, Ron and Patty, who will be doing a, uh, a, a parenting workshop via Skype. No, marriage workshop via Skype with the married couples in Odessa. They will be doing I get this confused. On April 23rd, Kevin and Leanne will be doing a parenting workshop for primarily the parents of teens in the Odessa church. They have reorganized their church to really try to, to, to continue as they grow with the new shepherding group. Um, and then 
So we've got those things going, plus now we've planned on two more trips to Odessa this year to be with that church. Phyllis and I will be going in July, uh, uh, June, basically, yeah. It, it says July, but it's June. For a week to be with that church and, again, help them uh, and work with them, particularly with that shepherding group. Then in October, we asked, can Phyllis and I go? And then we're going to do a workshop. And we want to bring another couple with us, one of our eldering couples and stuff uh, to take with us. And the, the board said, hmm, no, why don't we send you guys, one of the elderly couples, and another couple? And I thought, yeah. <laughs> they said, send enough people and do a whole workshop. We'll bring in Kishino, Moldova. They're about three and a half hours drive. The church can come in. We can have a whole big, really encourage and inspire the church. He said, why are we doing all this? Guys, this is the second largest church in our European missions. Almost 300 people, and we are the only Americans who have ever been there. Other people don't go. They've had nothing. And they're doing great in one sense. On the other hand, guys, they're just starved for help and training and teaching. And I was so encouraged that the, uh, uh, the, the board said, yeah, go, teach, train. Yeah, let's go send more people. We don't know exactly who all the other people are going with us in October. Uh, we're still working that out. And then take some money from that reserve, set it aside because we want to do this again next year to continue with that one. But not only working with Odessa, um, what we want is to fund, this is a part of exciting now, we've never done this before, in Champagne, two people, could be a married couple, could be two singles, to go for a one-year challenge funded by Champagne to work with an Eastern European city in 2017. Now, if we take up more money, I think we ought to bump this to a two-year challenge because, quite honestly, that's where you get the most effect, really in that second year. But right now, it's one-year challenges. Hardly nobody is doing this, paying to send somebody. Usually, it's the receiving church that pays for somebody to come. But they got no money, and ain't nobody going. Who will it be? I don't know. If you're sitting here going, what about us? We're wanting to do this. I'll do this. We'll go. Talk to me. Talk to Phyllis. Say, hey, we would like to go. We would like to at least be considered. Now, there's also, I just found out this past week, the possibility of a two-year challenge at another church right here in the Midwest. So you say, hey, I, I'm up for Eastern Europe. I'm up for Midwest. I'm up for anywhere. I'm up for whatever. Talk to us. Say, hey, we would like to be considered. I don't know. We don't have anybody right now that we're saying, here they are. I think that the opportunity is there. The need is certainly there. The opportunity is there. And because of your generosity, the money is there to go do this. Well, what about right here in Champaign? Okay, we did talk about the world, but we said it also starts here. We have found the money to pay for two campus students from the MIT program. Now, that's MIT is ministry and training. It's campus students who go to this thing in the summer. And then after that, they go to different churches to work, either for three weeks if they come from, I think it's Chicago, and four weeks if they come from the one in Missouri. Uh, but they come here to work with our campus ministry and our church for three or four weeks. 
What we will need to make this happen is a place for them to stay and live while they're here, not with campus students. Because we want them to have one at least healthy, balanced meal a day. <laughs> From the basic food groups beyond ramen or dominoes. So, for you're sitting here going, hey, we could do that. We could, we've got an extra room or whatever. For three weeks or four weeks, we don't know where they're going to be coming from yet. And so it ends when they will go on to the uh, uh, REACH 2016. So it goes basically until that conference, which is, what, July 6th or 7th when it starts. And so that's where that is, to help and work with our church here. So if, you, if you're saying, hey, I'll house them. I can house either a guy or a girl, because that's what we're going to ask for, one guy, one girl. And I can house them for that three weeks or that four weeks. Talk to either Josh and Michelle or Phyllis and I. Say, hey, we've got a home, we've got a room, we're willing to do that. Also, for here in Champaign, but not just here in Champaign, but kind of the other parts of the world too. This one is so cool. I've mentioned this before. And this is two students from Chinese, China who are Chinese. <laughs> Making sure you're listening. To come to Champaign, hopefully in the fall of 2016, this next school year. Why are we doing this? They will be here for a year at least. Why are we doing this? According to the um, um, Homeland Security and other and institutions who exist only for the purpose of studying United States universities, there are more students from China in the University of Illinois than any other university in America. In the, in the, at the U of I. Now, these kids come over here to study. They know literally no one. They're in a foreign country, foreign culture, foreign language. All right? They literally know no one. So what do they do? Same thing you and I would do. They find people that are kind of like them. We would, if we were there, we'd be looking for Americans who can speak American, you know? And we would say, and we would... Hang out with them. Well, that's what these guys do. No wonder. So how are we going to really reach out to them? We've got some students here from China, and that's awesome, but we want to bring in some others to help reach out to them. Now, this doesn't really, I mean, it'll encourage our church, it'll inspire our church, but the truth is these guys are going to graduate and go back to China. Okay, so we're not building our church. So it's kind of here, but it's also missions. Matter of fact, tonight at 8 o'clock, Josh, myself, and Jason, our contact, uh, are having a Skype call with one of the evangelists in China to help really grease the wheels of finding these two students to get them here. Okay? But one of the things that we're paying them, a, a stipend, which is virtually nothing, but we need to give them a place to stay. We need a, we need a place for them to live. So again, whose will that be? Where would that be? Whose home has that extra space that say, hey, we'll take a Chinese student, uh, male or female, because we're going to ask for one of each, one male, one female, to come in and put them up from basically July, early August 2016 through 2017. That's what we're looking for. If you would like to house them, again, talk to Phyllis and I. Talk to Josh and Michelle. Guys, the truth is, and this is what's done with money that's already there. It's there. This is happening. 
But if we hit that 10 times mark in October with our next special contribution, we're going to be able to do so much more. Because we'll be able, with that 10 times, to fulfill the responsibilities we've already committed to, but then we'll, have to, we'll be able to do so much more. Because it's not about buildings and stuff. Talk about that later. <laughs> it's not about our own comfort. It's not about us, in a sense. It's about winning souls. It's about changing lives. It's about changing the world. It can happen. It can happen. Give generously to bring Chinese interns here to win Chinese kids who could go back to China and change lives on the other side of the world because of what happens right here. Give generously so that every year, every year beyond 2017, we can send two people from our church, two young people, to another part in Europe or another part of the world to evangelize. We give sacrificially and generously to provide this training for the Odessa church. So as it grows, it truly becomes the pillar church in southern Ukraine and reaches on out to, 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 to Moldova and, and the Ukraine and then on across maybe even into Turkey, which is just on the other side of the Black Sea. And then they can go on and we can move on then to another city after we built them up. You reach out to someone. It can happen. And you reaching out to someone. You may help bring to faith someone who will then go to other parts of the world from right here in Champaign. Or maybe you don't, you're not the person that reaches out to him. Just like with Terry, he went to play soccer. Somebody reached out to him to play soccer, but you know what? Somebody else had to show up to play soccer. If he came to play soccer and there's only two people, that would have been boring. There had to be other people there to play soccer, to have a soccer game. That made him go, this is cool. There had to be other people involved. That's why even we have things like the murder mystery night. You say, well, I don't have anybody coming. But they, we need other people there so we can have a party. <laughs> and that effect on people can literally change people around the world. That's what's so amazing about the butterfly effect. A little thing like, I went and played soccer. Or I went and introduced myself to somebody I didn't know on Sunday morning. I reached out to someone, we went in it, and it can change their lives, and then they change a life, and they change a life, and it goes all around the world. I got to wrap up. But guys, this is more than a call to prepare for special contribution. Matter of fact, most of this is just letting you know what we're doing with what we've already done, okay? And I, I thank you, the board thanks you, the elders thank you. Your generosity literally, literally is changing the world. But we can do it again and again and keep doing it and even expanding and getting ready for that contribution on October the 10th. I, didn't, I said 10th. I don't know why. It's October. The application of this, it is a very godly principle. It's not about me. It's about the world. We're going to continue to talk about how to help other people, how to affect other lives. For our guests, that's what we're about. We're not about trying to do something right here, take care of me, fill up me, help me be good. We're trying to take care of one another, but we want to take care of those outside and the world. We want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. And we want you to join us. To join us in that purpose and to join us in 
that mission because being a part of God's family is more than believing. It's belonging. It's belonging to something bigger and more important than you. It's not a religion. It's a mission and a purpose. So join us because the more we got, the more we can do as we continue to move. For our brothers and sisters, for our members, prepare yourself. Some of you need to go on that one-year challenge to Eastern Europe. Some of you need to go on the one-year challenge to right here in the Midwest. Some of you, you say, well, I can't go. I'm not going to be graduated. Yeah, yeah, but I have faith. We're going to keep giving, and there's going to be another one-year challenge going out in 2018 and 2019 and 2020. You guys, campus, you guys, teens, do the math. Which one do you want to go on (laughs) after you graduate? Which one do you want to be a part of? Some of you need to change your lifestyle so you can invite people into your home to stay with you as they come here to serve. We all need to be sacrificial and be prepared to give in our special contribution in the first week of October. And I want to encourage us to all think about these things and think about it. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about God. It's about his mission. What's next? I've laid out a few things this morning. God willing, these things will continue on as planned, although sometimes he has a, he has a you know, he, he, he adjusts things. And he always has a way of having things we hadn't even thought about yet. But think about yourself. What about me? And what about what's next? As I think about, it ain't finished, but it ain't over. What's next in my life? Amen.